This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 299 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Bimeda Dewormers, Dr. Rose's Remedies, and TotalSaddleFit.com. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Wellington, Florida. And this is Philip Parks from Fergus, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. And it's just us tonight. Yeah, it's just us. That's no, okay. Glenn. <laughs> He's busy. He's a busy guy. He, he's a busy guy. He's got a lot of shows to do. <laughs> How are you, Philip? I'm doing good. I saw an interesting thing about you um, working your tractor. You went home. Oh my God. I was in <laughs> Snowmageddon. No, how much, how much do they have in Florida? In Florida? Oh, no, I went home I mean, to Kentucky. sorry, in Kentucky. Yeah. How much do they have? You know what? We, we got a foot. We got a foot, which <laughs> is like unheard. And then uh, like four more inches. Um, so I somehow managed to, you know, I was going home to, of course, see Travis and see Annie, my dog, uh, and teach a clinic. So I had a whole couple days of, of clinic work to do. And um, I can tell you, I taught one lesson. I had like 20 scheduled. Um yeah, it's awful. I feel so much for everybody up north. I really do. Yeah, I what couldn't... about like in Massachusetts and Maine oh, and stuff where they got feet like serious feet snow? and indoors they're collapsing. And I, I tell you what, I mean, my face is chapped. My lungs hurt. I just feel for everybody. I could not. I actually tried to. I couldn't get out yesterday. I was going to have to be in the airport all day. And I just ended up just going back home, <laughs> uh, which was nice to get an extra day at yeah. home. But uh, but literally, my staff at home couldn't get it into the barn, so it was a good thing that I was there. So I mean, it was awful. It was really, 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 really awful, and um, I feel for everybody that's up there. Yeah, so, Philip, so what is? You got a foot is, of snow. You got a foot yeah. of snow, and it was. Well, that's what a was lot. the temperature? Oh, uh, when I left this morning, it was negative thirteen Fahrenheit. With the wind which chill? I can't. I you know I I don't know what the wind chill was, you but it, I can tell chill. you, <laughs> it was really cold. So what is it in Canada? Uh, right now, Thursday evening, it's 11 degrees Fahrenheit, mi- oh, sorry, minus 11 degrees Fahrenheit, um, wind chill minus 36. <laughs> so I don't feel for you yeah, at you all. Yeah, you don't feel for me. It, it was no. colder in Kentucky than it was in Canada, apparently. But yeah. actually, it, strangely enough, there's a wind chill advisory in Florida tonight. Yeah, I saw that so, too. People were talking about it. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. So <laughs> I feel for everybody. It's really, 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 really disgusting. And I hope everyone stays safe. I mean, that's there. I know there's barns and indoors that are collapsing up north, and we yeah, really, really feel for you. I don't know and how if that we happens. can do, yeah, if we can do anything to help here at the Horse Radio Network, uh, feel free to send us an email, and we'll do anything that we can to help everybody up north. For sure. So, for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I'm still good with my plans to come in, home in March, uh, but I may come home in May at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm staying away. Uh, yeah, for okay, sure. Crazy, okay. crazy, crazy. So uh, it'll get better soon. Still- it'll be March soon, and the weather will start to get better, and we'll be okay. Oh my gosh, we'd have to. It would have to. Well, we have a great show tonight, Philip. We have Devin Kane on, head trainer at Diamante Farms. Uh, she has been on the show a couple times, and she's awesome. And when Glenn was down watching the Five Star, she was his favorite rider. So I wanted to talk to her about her freestyle. So she's going to update us on how she and her horse are doing And uh, right after this commercial break. 
We all know the importance of deworming our horses, and Dr. Ellefson of Biomedia Equine is helping us make sure we are doing it right. Listen for his four-part series the first week of every month on this very show. I just wanted to remind everyone, if you are due for deworming, why not save a few bucks on the popular Biomedia line of wormers, including Equimax, Bimectin, Exodus, Exodus Multidose, and Equal. You can find coupons and special offers at buymediaequine.com, including a variety of rebate offers from cash to free ivermectin. You can also get up to $2 a dose back for Equimax. And while you're at Buy Me to Equine, get your free horse health record keeper, and you can just download it there. Plus, learn a bunch about parasites and deworming at Buy Me to, that's B-I-M-E-D-A, equine.com. We at the Horse Radio Network all use Buy Me to Dewormers because we want the best for our horses, and we know you want the best for yours, too. Buy Me to equine.com and tell them the Horse Radio Network sent you. Well, it is our pleasure this evening to have Devin Kane, international FEI rider and trainer from here in Wellington, Florida. Devin, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Well, and it is your birthday, so you came on tonight. It's even your birthday evening. Thanks so much. Oh, you're very welcome. Reese, are you going to sing to her? The news. It's my birthday. It's exciting. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't think anybody wants to hear me sing, but Philip, I think you've got quite the voice. No, I think we're in the same boat here. Yeah, we're not winning the we're not winning the equestrians have talent. No, 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 not. I'll pretend like you guys sang. Okay, that was so great, guys. Thank you. (laughs) Perfect. Well, Devin, we have so much to catch up with you and your horse. You guys did so well at the five star, and I have to completely brag on you. And Glenn is going to be so upset. That was the weekend Glenn came down to visit and, and hang out with with all the hosts down here in Wellington, and you were his favorite by far at the five star. So I just oh, that's so exciting. So talk to I really her. Take us, that. You've been on a really big journey now with with your horse. Uh, starting in the summer, you went to Hiberta Smiths in Germany. Yeah, yeah, and actually, um, we had gone the year before, and uh, to bring my horse up to Grand Prix last year was our first season in Grand Prix. And um, so then after we did the first season, we did some CDIs and stuff, knocked, it, knocked some stuff down here. And then I went back to Hubertus to polish everything and really get our feet on the ground <laughs> and yeah. get going. So we, um, we spent three months there training. The, our, my goal going over there was to show, especially in the CDIs over there, just to get some exposure and miles. Um, but unfortunately, we weren't able to show. We had... Not enough of an injury to put off the training, but enough that it, I wasn't comfortable taking the horse to the show. Um, he just had like a small sprain right at the beginning when we first got there. So that was a little bit crushing at first. Sure, <laughs> but sure. it ended up working really well. I mean, we, I, the training I did on my horse was super, and it was different than what I would have done had I been preparing for shows all summer. Um, we got through a lot of really basic stuff and I felt like I came home with a much better understanding of how to manage my horse. So that was really good. Uh, and then in the meantime, Hubertus was so wonderful while I was there. He, he felt bad after the horse got hurt and stuff. So he started giving me his horses to ride. So I got to ride his Grand Prix horses. (laughs) Yeah, it was awesome. It was so much fun. It was like, well, I guess this is okay then. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so Devin, if you could um, get into a little bit about what what you were working on with Hubertus, or or maybe just kind of what are his strengths that that you were taking away from a summer's worth of training in Germany? Yeah, I find 
he can he can connect and help me communicate with my horse better than anyone I've I've ever worked with. He really my horse is very very hot and he knows exactly exactly how to manage him, how to keep the hotness, bring him down enough that then I can start pushing him and really ride him and get him on my side. Um, and he's really he's the one that that brought my horse to the Grand Prix. I showed up like two years ago at his place with my you know, small tour horse, Buzzy, and I was like, hey, we want to do Grand Prix next season. I can do six one tempies, and I have no passage. <laughs> and uh, within three months, we came home with, like, 15 one tempies and ready to do the whole Grand Prix. So I really, I think Hubertus' uh, ability to to take the hot horse and bring him into a, a controllable Energy is is really something spectacular. At least it works so well with my horse. So, what are some tips? I mean, do you do you have a specific warm up plan that you do, or certain training that style that helps yeah, you? Yeah, well, my warm up is really. I mean, it's it's very simple and basic, and it takes as long as my horse needs. Like, I just try to get him a little bit low, reaching through, really swinging it over the back and the trot and the canter make him nice and uphill. He has to really, you know, he's a, like I said, he's such a funny hot horse that I have to really make him a little bit low before I can bring him up and put the pressure on. So I have to really get him stretching and reaching and, and nice and low in the neck and, and the hands, nice, like the exact right contact and then get the back really through. And so Juvertis is just really good about that, you know, really making the outside rain, using lots of bending, riding the corners. And then just taking time that, you know, if it takes 30 minutes to get him where I want him before I start, you know, the collected work or the uh, lateral work, then that's what we do. So I like that, that he's just that regimented on, you know, you have to have the right warm up, you have to have the horse in the right place, no matter how long it takes, and then you go on. Now, how do you plan that for a show situation in which, you know, it could take you know, 20 minutes or it could take 40 minutes. What yeah, is your, what is your plan to get going into the? That was kind of the interesting part. So at the five star, um, was the first time I've actually had Hubertus at a show to help me. I've never shown with him before. And so he came in uh, the week before and pulled us at home. And then we went to the show and he's, he sees my horse, you know, he sees him every day in Germany when we're there training and he sees him at home and everything. And, and so he knows he can get hot, but I, have told him how he is at shows before, but he's never really seen it. So he didn't really understand how hot the horse can get until <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so we got to the show and we came out and he was like, how much, you know, how much time should we plan for riding today? I'm like, well, we might need about an hour. <laughs> like, we'll see how it goes. Right. And he's like, oh no. And then we get out there and he's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> 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 oh, he's like, you said he was hot, but I didn't expect this. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no. <laughs> Um, so for the, the first day, we had only planned like 45 minutes of warm up, And I really, it was, oh, the weather on that Thursday was so terrible. It was, it was like windy and these rainstorms rain, coming yeah. through. It was and awful, yeah. Yeah, my ride time got changed like three times. We were supposed to show at like 2, and then we were showing at 6, and then I got on at 5.30 or something, and then they held it another 30 minutes. <laughs> So it was, awful. it was just, yeah, it was just kind of yeah. chaotic. So even trying to plan a warm up at that point was ridiculous. Um, so that day we went from the covered arena warm up to the outdoor by the stadium warm up and then into the stadium. And it was just a lot for everyone. 
Um, so the next day, Hubertus was like, okay, we're going to take an hour of warm-up tonight for the freestyle, which I thought was a little bit insane, especially thinking the last freestyle I had ridden with my horse, I couldn't walk him. He was so excited that we had to just keep going. It, every time I tried to walk, he tried to run away. So I was just right. like, okay, I guess we're not walking in the warm-up. <laughs> and uh, so I was talking with Hubertus. I'm like, well, he's he's going to be really hot and he might get, it might be too much for him. And he's like, no, no, if it's too much, well, you know, if he gets starts to get tired, we'll just walk him. I'm like, well, he doesn't walk. Doesn't walk so yeah. <laughs> what do you do about that? Yeah. I'm like, um, I don't really know what to say here because I don't think that's possible. Um, but it worked. We took him out and I just wrote him. We just kept going and going and going and just making him relax over and over again. And after about 45 minutes of like, bringing him down and getting him on my side, then it finally, he clicked over to where he was listening and then I could rev him back up again and get him really going. So, um, yeah, I guess to answer your question, I, I plan a long warm up, and then if I have to, I can walk around in between and stuff and yeah. just keep him listening and with me. But, you know, with a hot horse, the, the best thing you can do is let him go and ride him forward and give him confidence. So it, it takes a little while to get to that point with him. <laughs> so as far as, as far as the test goes, what would you say right now would be, you know, some of his highlight things and what are some things that, you know, he's going to need to work on to get to the next level of, of scores and, and placings? Um, I think he has really beautiful piastasage. I love my horse's piastasage and his changes are gorgeous. Um, and then I've been really working hard to improve. Uh, the zigzag's been getting really good, but especially to improve the pirouette. That's kind of his weaker point. But uh, last year, the pirouettes were kind of a disaster. I was just hoping to get through them. And this year, he is really letting me ride them, and we're actually getting, like, good seven, seven and a half, eights on the pirouette. So I think that's a huge thing, and that's something that we can continue to improve. It's finally getting to the point where it's getting better. So I feel like that's definitely on the upswing. But overall, I mean, my horse is only, he's 12, but he's young for his age. And uh, this is our second year. So I, I really feel like this last year, it was kind of keeping our fingers crossed and hoping that we get everything in the arena. <laughs> and this year, he doesn't feel so green. I know I'm going to get what I'm asking for. And it's really just making it better. So I think just all in all, every, every show is just polishing it a little bit and then eliminating our mistakes. So, Devin, talk to us about your freestyle because it was for sure Glenn's favorite and I think it's beautiful and it's great. So, tell us a little uh, bit about so your freestyle. Much fun. Yeah. I love the freestyle. <laughs> I, uh, we had, it, it's so much fun. I, I got the idea. The music theme is kind of based off of the new Gatsby movie. Um, the new, what is it, the Leonardo DiCaprio Great Gatsby movie? Yes. It just yeah. came out a couple, like, what was it, two years ago? And I love the style of that music. It was like techno swing, kind of. Mm -hmm. And so listening to the music through the movie, it's one of my favorite books. So I love the movie. And then listening to the music, I'm like, this is really cool music. I really want to use something like this. And um, especially the Lana Del Rey music and stuff that goes with it. So that was kind of the theme I went with. And then um, Karen Robinson helped me put the, the actual freestyle together. And so when she came and I told her the theme, we started playing songs. The songs that I wanted to use didn't really work, but she pulled some songs out of her bag that were perfect and so much fun. So the the whole canner tour is putting on the wrist, and it's 
it's so much fun. I mean, we have it where like they're clapping and the changes and the music changes for the pirouettes and it just flows really fun. And it's, it's a really upbeat, swingy kind of entertaining music. I think I have a great time performing to it. And I think my horse does too. He seems to really like it. And I, I get comments all the time that the crowd loves it and really gets into it. And I think that's really important. That's what I'm going for. It's true. It's really, really fun to watch. And you can just tell you guys are so happy and work as a team. And you can tell, like, he's having a great time. You're having a great time. Yeah, Everybody's and clapping. It's yeah. And then it's, it's fresh enough that the music doesn't get, like, boring. And I'm not like, oh, God, this song again. <laughs> I'm thinking, yes. like, when I hear it, I'm like, oh, this is my changes. Oh, now I'm doing this. And it, it's just fun. It's a good, it's all around a good performance piece, I think. It's wonderful. Well, Devin, thank, thank you, you so much for coming on tonight. We just we wanted to check in and see how you were doing, and, and I've just enjoyed seeing you this season and seeing your horse. And So, Devin, tell people how they can reach you online. Okay. Um, we're on Facebook at Diamante Farms on Facebook or Devin Kane on Facebook. And then our website is diamantefarms.com. And that has all of our information, you know, information about the stories. We update with pictures and stuff like that a lot. And all the contact information is on that, too. Fantastic. Well, happy birthday again, and I hope you enjoy the rest Thank of your evening. Thank you. Thank you. You guys, too. Thanks again for having me. Well, right after this commercial break, we're going to talk with Hillary Moore Hebert, contributing editor from Dressage Today, to give us an update on what's happening in the magazine. Dr. Rose's Remedies Skin Treatment Salve and Spray are 100% all-natural products. They are anti-inflammatory, antibacterial, antiviral, and antifungal. Dr. Roses are made with all human-grade ingredients and are safe and effective for treatment for all manner of cuts and scrapes on your horse. And Dr. Roses is the must-have product here at the Horse Radio Network headquarters to keep PT Scooter's delicate white pasterns free from dew poisoning and scratches. Ask for Dr. Roses at your local tax store or feed supplier or visit them online at drrosesremedies.com. That's DrRosesRemedies.com Well, this is our favorite segment of the month. Hillary Moore Hebert, the contributing editor from Dressage Today, is on to give us a monthly update on the magazine. Hillary, how are you? I am doing well. How are you guys? Except I'm surviving. You- yeah, yeah, we're all. Yeah. <laughs> you have a PSA for us, though, because you had a little yeah. well, big incident today. Yeah, so we were talking earlier, and Reese, who I usually is the nicest person and who could hate you, but I hate you right now because you're in Florida. <laughs> yeah, and you everyone can hate you. It's okay. I do all winter. Yeah. All winter. I actually secretly see photos of people in Wellington in coats, and I'm like, yeah, I hope you're freezing to death because it is so cold here. Actually, before I was supposed to be on the show I was driving my tractor down the driveway and even though we have antifreeze in the tires um, it lowered the pressure enough that it popped off the rim and I was stuck at the end of the driveway uh, with a tractor that had a tire off the rim and it it made it so that I had to walk like a million miles like I was Jack Nicholson in The Shining. (laughs) Oh, my God. It was horrible. And, yeah, you guys should be happy you're talking to me because I definitely was thinking about, you know, it was getting dark and everything, but I just never would have thought about it. And you drive the bigger tractors around thinking that they're almost like your car, but it's, you know, 
not perfect when it's minus five. Wow. That's good to know. So what, what, what was the, what should you just not drive it when it's that cold? What's, what did the repair shop Yeah, when I talked to the repair shop, they said actually that a lot of people were having that problem. It's the same, you know, in the winter you get in your car and it says low tire pressure, even though the tires aren't flat, the tire pressure drops down a little bit and you just have to keep an eye on it. But also it's so cold that I get the impression that you really should be trying not to drive it whenever possible when it's so, so cold out. Wow. That is awesome. Thank you for that. Stay, inside. Um, stay off your yeah, tractor. Stay, stay, stay off your tractor. Stay inside. Feed the horses. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hear you. <laughs> so Hillary, just to start, we'll start with the monthly update. What, what are we talking about tonight? So I have plenty of things related to the cold weather, but not any more talk about tractors. Okay. And I wanted to start out. Um, and it, interestingly enough, this actually does connect because Um, there was an article in the dressage health section about aging athletes. And this was really interesting. And I kind of knew this, but I thought that this was a really clear way to say it is they talked about how um, your aging horses have just a harder time, um, you know, with their uh, exercise capacity and that they can end up with um, lower oxygen consumption, lower heart rate values and fatigue induced at lower speeds during treadmill tests. But most importantly, in the winter time, it can be even more exaggerated because of they they have um, altered fluid and electrolyte balances. And so, in the winter months, it's most important with older horses, just with the tractor, you know, to really pay attention to the weather, take it easy. Um, and the rule of thumb is that slow and steady wins the race. So you don't want to start doing like this serious. Olympic training right when it's the coldest time without really easing into it in a slow way and paying attention to, um, you know, plenty of warm-up time, building in rest periods, and trying to do some cross-training just for that. So it helps. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. Yeah, Philip, to, you, you know the most. Yeah, and to add to that, you know, we really watch uh, hydration of all the horses, but especially the older ones in the, in the winter. You know, and, uh, and you know, give them a little electrolyte. I know we do it in the summer, you know, when they're sweating a lot, but we also do some uh, electrolyte uh, help for them in the in the winter as well. But, I mean, right now, to be serious, you're not training at all. It's just a little bit for exercise. Um, you know, not none of the horses are doing any of the difficult movements. You know, not even a lot of lateral stuff. It's, it's a strain on the body, right? And so um, we're just trying to, you know, keep the fitness kind of at a certain level and, and keep the training and, you know, to about half an hour and, and get the horses out of the stalls and, and just get a little bit, a little bit done. Right. So I think for sure, you know, the older the horses, it takes them longer to warm up. And, and especially in the winter, maybe, maybe your older horse, you know, 15 plus is just, you know, going to have a walk day, but it doesn't hurt, you know, and, and, uh, you get the training done when the, when the good weather comes right back around and, and, uh, and not to rush it too much. There's no competitions, you know, coming up for another month or two or two or three months actually. So, <laughs> so, um, it's okay. You know, take it easy. What do you guys think? What temperature do you work? Would you, would you really start to ride at? Well, I mean, uh, we're, we go by Celsius here. So usually I'm not riding at all. If it's, if the core temperature value is, you know, not the wind chill, but, but the regular value is minus is below minus 15. 
I know I broke that rule a couple times this week just to get on the horses and because they go a little bit nutso when they're not being ridden. They don't know why they're not being ridden. So, but uh, and then it's got to be. You know, How cold of, is minus fifteen roundabout? Uh, I just put you on the spot. You may have to do the calculation. I have no idea. <laughs> we'll get back it's, to you on that. Yeah, I'll Hillary. How about you? How about you, Hillary? What, um, what's your so? It's funny that you said that because I used to live in New England when I was growing up and I had a lower temperature there and I would be curious to know what minus 15 is in Fahrenheit because it seems as though the further south you go, um, the temperature, yeah, people be, change the temperature. Yeah, because we did it where it was like our rule in Massachusetts was if it was um, 13 degrees, then we would uh, we would not ride and down here we try to do it where if it's 20 degrees then uh we don't ride but i just looked up on the internet and you stop at five degrees fahrenheit oh so my god it seems oh my like god. every yeah that's kind of you like, know, i'm not gonna get on the horse at all sizes yeah. you go down oh, it seems yeah. like we're talking about seven degrees so um it seems like you know i wonder if the rule more and i noticed this too is it just seems as though sort of what's typical for cold, cold in your area. And right. <laughs> for us, except for it being unusually cold right now, I mean, the reason that we usually don't do below 20 degrees is, first of all, like what you were saying, the wind chill makes it even colder. And second of all, that's just not normal cold for us here. So, right. you know, we'll do shortened uh, turnout. The horses get blanketed up and a lot more extra hay. And a lot of people in the area, including myself, try to watch and do, you know, like a hot brand mash or add some warm beet pulp just to aid with digestion. So, Yeah, I'm, I'm 20. You know, last year it was, I used to be 15. And then last year, um, yeah, between 15 and 20, there's a big difference. So we, well, our 20s are real too. And we just don't get typically that cold also in Kentucky. So I know I get it, <laughs> but yeah, it didn't get above my, my whole trip. It didn't get above 15. So I was, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, so, I, uh, I think the other thing too is, um, I noticed this the other day, I, your muscles get so tight, um, you know, whether you're horse or human. And I just reached over to get a half full muck tub to empty out into the uh, wheelbarrow and my back was just so tight from being cold. I threw my back out and it, I mean, I am strong enough. I can lift half a muck bucket full of stuff, but it just is that cold temperature. And I think it's back to sort of what I talked about with older horses too, is you need to have plenty of warm up time, whatever that cutoff temperature is for you. Oh, yeah. for sure. For sure. I mean, if the muscles aren't warm, they don't expand and contract properly and then you're going to create problems, you know? So um, you know, lots of walking, lots of slow trotting, you know, and just, just easy cantering and, and, and then maybe work yourself up to something. But I mean, we have two Grand Prix horses here and, and they haven't done any PF passage, Tempe's pirouettes in probably two months, you know, yeah. I think it's okay. They'll get, they get back yeah, to work. Be, yeah, they, yeah, they, they, they didn't lose it. They they, yeah. They know the, they know the tricks. They know the work. So, um, you know, it's just all about getting done what you can and, and what's safe. So. Absolutely. So, Hillary, what's our next tip of the tip of the month? Okay, so on to things related to the rider. Um, I thought that these two combined very nicely. Um, it's two um, tips for the rider, the first being from Suzanne Bundit, and she talks about uh, how she had an instructor 
talk about that when she was doing the collected movements, she should ride like she was growing the bones of her legs, and in half halts that she should turn her heels slightly out and spread her little toe a bit sideways in her boot, and that that would help so that the tiny movements that she did uh, when she was doing the collected movement and the half halt would make it so that she was really connected with her pelvis, um, and that helped with her core stability. I thought that was interesting because um, I think a lot of times we think about what you shouldn't be doing with your lower leg and kind of how to fix it. Um, and I thought that this was an interesting thing to do. I kind of sat on a stool and did that where I just tilted my heel in just a touch and just spread my you know toes out to see what happened. And it just was an interesting feeling that I'm not sure how to recreate it without doing that. So I thought it was a neat exercise and a neat way to think about things. I think it's important, you know, when you're doing your half halts, I think a, a lot of people do it in probably a bit too much tension and then they're really, you know, pushing themselves out of the saddle. I think this is a good way of, you know, you got to remember that you've got to sit deeper to, to make the half halt so the horse feels your weight, you know, into their back and onto their hind legs instead of, you know, uh, getting perched out of it and really maybe squeezing a little bit too much with your leg and turning your heel in and all these things that are not going to help. Uh, with really, you know, sitting steadily, very steadily in the, in the tack and, and doing a correct half halt. So, you know, it's a good little tip for, for thinking about, you know, how you're going to ride your pelvis a little bit more and, the, and, your, and your core into the half halts. That's a good idea. It's a good idea. It's good to see. I'm sitting here trying to do it. It's, it's <laughs> actually, I always do that when you give us our position tips and I'm like trying to do it. And you're right. It, it really does change it. So try it as you're sitting here because it, it will change your, huh. Especially as you open your little toe. So, I like yeah, it. Yeah, like you can't get your knee locked. Yeah. Huh. You know, I think back to how I used to grip. I think a lot right. of us who started out doing jumping, you know, I remember doing little tests where we would take a dollar bill and put it between our knee and the saddle. Or actually, I did a Jimmy Wofford clinic where I had to jump this, this cross trail on the side of a hill out on cross country at Ledyard. He made me put my gloves between my knee and the saddle, and I had to get off and get them, and I dropped them like 20 times, I think, but it made it so I think for about 10 years afterwards, I had these nightmares where, you know, I would not let my knee leave the saddle, but it's, it's hard to break that habit, especially if you've been taught to grip with your knees for other reasons. Very yeah, good. Yeah, it's one of those things that, yeah, I think I remember learning to do that as well. You know, when you start out and then you spend the rest of your life learning not to do it, you know? That's yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's I love that dollar bill under the butt. That was my, I, I, I like that. I could win that one all yeah. the time. Well, I like in Canada, we don't have dollar bills, so you got to, you, you make more money that way. Uh, well, with, yeah, exactly. got to go with fives, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but you get the gist. <laughs> yeah. I like that's it. That's cool. Very good. Oh, those are two, that, that's a great, great tip. How about the next one? Okay, so on to your upper body. Um, this is from Ingrid Klimka, and it's uh, a write-up about her um, clinic that she did with Nita in, November, in this past November, um, and talking about fitness and balance with Cavaletti. It's a really good article in general. She talks about Cavaletti work, uh, which I think is great for cross-training. Um, again, you know, for the older horse, it's a great way to get them moving, um, or any horse in the winter time, just so that you aren't stuck in the indoor, just going around in circles. But um, what I really liked is she talked about correct hand position, and she talked about um, 
that the distance between your hands should be about the size of one fist and that she always wants to see the rider's thumbs on top so that they're like a roof when you're holding the reins. And she said that it's really important to do that because then the horse can feel the reins on either side of their neck to really know, um, you know, what it is that you're giving them guidance and support for. So I thought that that was, again, an interesting thing where I sort of, you know, do it, but that's much more of a quantitative way to think about it. So let me ask you a question. Was she had the one fist on all her horses or just more the upper level type horses? Yeah, see, that actually I also wanted to know about too because I was kind of thinking about it and it seemed like it was on the narrower side. But she said in the article that she felt as though when the horses, when the hands are wide, the horse doesn't feel the rain and doesn't know where to go. So I don't, I thought that that was an interesting question that I kind of wanted you guys to give your thoughts on. Well, for me, for sure, one fist apart on the upper level horses. When I really bring them up and bring the hind legs under and, and bring them up, up to my hand, kind of push them up to the bit. And um, if it, when Philip was down here a couple of weeks ago, we worked on that and, and worked on my position that my hand still is, is kind of pushing a little bit forward in that position. But my younger horses, I have a tendency to, to have my hands a little wider. So that's my tendency. I would probably say three fists. No, no wider than my hips. But I think it's always an interesting discussion about width of rain. I think you ask 10 instructors, you'll probably get 10 different answers. So, but for me, I like, I really like the fist apart for a really going upper level horse. And so when I really um, got the hind legs under, have them active, have them pushing up to the bit, have the frame up in, a, in more of a show frame, uh, it will definitely be one fist. So that's sort of my take on it. How about you, Philip? Yeah, I mean it depends on the situation. I mean for the three year olds, I I like yeah. the I, there's no rule on the three year old. <laughs> you know, kind of the rules go out the window. Stay on because you got to stay on, right? And you got to steer, and you got to do this, you got to do that. I mean, you're you're always trying to strive to to get into the perfect position. But you know, the younger the horse, the less experience. Sometimes you got to kind of get it done. And then uh, for the upper level horses, for sure, it depends what I'm working on. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, for half pass, I you know some horses I really like to kind of lead my inside rein a little more open to check to check the balance of the of the bend you know as you're coming you know across the arena a little bit I like to open the hand a little bit give it to the horse's mouth and make sure I'm not you know uh, in half pass and and traver a little bit because you know there's a tendency to hold the horse on the inside rein and and use an indirect indirect rein you know and that that can be a little bit my own bad habit you know, getting the bend from the rein instead of from the legs. So I open up the hand sometimes, you know, um, for sure in the Cavaletti work and any jumping, then I really like to have the horse really, you know, in the, in the tunnel, in the channel, right. And have really closed reins and, and let the horse feel that they have to stay very, very straight. So, um, as a general rule, and when we talk about position, that's, that's the ideal place when you're doing, you know, when you're showing for sure. Um, but like I said, there's lots of situations that, I, that I'm not going to hold steadfast to that, to that rule. And, uh, you know, it just depends day to day, you know, kind of thing. So, yeah, and I think, you? you know, well, it's interesting because I'm kind of looking at the, um, through the magazine as we're talking about this, I definitely noticed that her cover photo, her hands are not inappropriate. Um, but I would say that they're on the closer side to each other for what I am, if you looked at the spectrum of what you'd expect for FEI. 
So, I mean, I would say that her hands, if she were to extend her pinkies out, could probably touch each other. Um, and you can see there's pressure on either side of the horse's neck. Um, whereas if you flip a couple pages in and you see Charlotte Dujardin riding, um, you know, her horse's neck is a, a bit thicker and there's just no way that she could do that without it getting to the point where she'd be, you know, having it almost bridge over his neck. So, yeah, I think it definitely depends on the horse. Um, you know, it, yeah, it's a tough thing. I mean, it's Ingrid Klinka, so we're not going to sit around and be saying that she doesn't know what she's talking about. I think it does definitely depend on the, um, you know, the trainer and their perspective. And definitely, I think with the younger horses, especially ones, you know, that are a little bit more tricky to train, I've had a lot of success taking my hands quite wide with horses that have contact issues. Um, but, you know, I'm not planning on doing that in a show ring. So, you know, I think there's a time and a place for everything. Um, it obviously seems to be working very well for her. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm looking here, even with Uta Graf in um, one of her DVD covers, her hands are not a fist width apart, probably more like two, you know, they could probably fit two between them. So, yeah, it just seems as though it's just personal preference and in terms of your training approach. Yeah. The, again, I think you ask 10, 10 trainers, you'll get 10 different responses. Cause I, I've, you know, had people ask me in clinic and, and I always say, listen, your trainer's not wrong. It's, it's a little bit personal preference and a little bit the system that you were trained in. And, and so I think you sometimes with, with that, you have to kind of, you know, again, you gotta go, go, you gotta go try go. different things, you know, yeah, you gotta you try different go things. get on a horse and say, does this help <laughs> or does that help? And, and then, uh, you know, work towards what am I going to do in the show ring? Yeah, exactly. Right? How to make it pretty. So, yeah. Like it. Great. Love it. Do we have another one, Hillary? Yes. So um, the last tip that I have is um, part of the series. It's part two um, about uh, freestyles. And this one is um, by Axel Steiner. And I just thought in general it was a really neat discussion about how you judge a freestyle, the evolution of it, um, and I really liked this part that he talked about uh, where he says the beauty of the freestyle is when a horse and rider have the technical ability not only to ride to music but dance with it, and they should be rewarded in the interpretation of the music. And um, I just think that it's really interesting how he points that out, and he talks about how, um, you know, he's seen some really strong uh, freestyles where you have your ear for your, your music, and you have the ability to ride your horse in a way that you can make quick adjustments to the variations of the music. And it made me think a lot about, um, you know, this past year I went through with the freestyle all the way to nationals, and it got me to really think about the approach to things. And I know in the past a lot of people were kind of saying, well, why is it that you need to get a qualifying score to do the freestyle? Shouldn't everyone be able to do it? And I think that in the limited experience that I've had with the freestyles, it's, it really is important to have a mastery of the level that you're riding at so that you can make adjustments. You know, one example being um, the horse that I took to nationals. He was very spooky in the Alltech arena, and um, I was familiar enough with the music, and I knew what I had with him to kind of avoid the section of the arena that he was spooking at in a particular direction. Um, and I could adjust my choreography to be able to get those pieces in without, with getting a stronger, you know, 
score from it because I wasn't aiming him at a plant that he was scared of. Instead, I could alter it, um, you know, and then get a higher technical difficulty score. Um, but, you know, I knew my music. I knew the requirements of the level. And it wasn't something where it's like the first time that I'm doing extended trot, for example. So I just thought it was, you know, really important that he pointed that out um, because I think it's, to me, the essence of what freestyle is above anything else. Well, and that's true. When you, when it, when you have the technical aspect for the freestyle, it, 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 it works so much better. You know, and, and whenever you're working, we're working on a fourth level freestyle right now with one of my students. And, you know, freestyles evolve. And I think sometimes as you ride them and you'd have to take the risk. For example, we were trying to do some changes on a serpentine line. And honestly, we tried for a week to get it. And, and my client just couldn't get it. And we just decided, you know what? That's not a risk we want to take. We're going to keep them on the same. We put it back on a diagonal line, a little different than, than the test. But you could tell... I was so worried about getting the changes on a serpentine loop that the quality was really going down. So, it, you know, I think that's as you work on freestyles and as you develop them, you have to be comfortable at the level and you have to be able, you know, what risks can you not take and what can you take? And it's a fun game, it, but it is a little bit of a game. Like what, what's going to work, what's not going to work. Um, and, and I think they're, they're amazingly fun. Um, we're going to, we'll speak with Devin Kane about her freestyle later in the show. And, uh, it's great to hear how she designed it and the risks that she took and, and the music that she picked and, and, and really how she dances to it. So that's the beauty of the freestyles. Yeah, well, you've really got to like, be... Oh, sorry, Hillary. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say really quick, I like to, if you guys ever watch those movies, it's always about figure skating, but there's always like the one move you have <laughs> that if you go into the ring and you know that you're really confident and you're horse feels on that you can do it. Um, and that I think is one of the fantastic things is being so good, whether it's, you know, figure skating or doing the level of dressage that you're at, that, you know, you know, say your horse is on maybe later in the season, you could do changes on the serpentine. And that's like your one move that would make the lifetime movie. Yeah. (laughs) I like that. I like that thought. Yeah, I was just going to say, you have to be more than proficient at, I mean, you, you can't go into a freestyle with a weak point, right? Because it's just, it's not going to work. You know, you have to really feel confident and that gives you the ability to be able to dance with your horse a little bit because you're very confident about every movement that you're going to go and do and that you can execute it. If you're a little weak in this or that, that's just, it's just not going to work. You're going to be really worried about that one movement. It's coming up, the music's coming up, you ride tentative, tentatively. You know, you can get away with that a little bit in the technical test, but but definitely not in a freestyle. It just gets in your head too much, and it gets, you know, it, and then you're holding the horse back, and the horse gets frustrated. You know, it can ruin all that stuff that really is a highlight for you. You, you know, you got to show what's good, and then you got to show what's great. Nothing nothing that's below that kind of a level. So, um, yeah, I like that point, and, I, and it's good to have a discussion about it. Excellent. Well, Hillary, as always, we love having you on the show. How do our listeners get in touch with you? Um, they can check us out at dressagetoday.com or you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, everything. So um, definitely go and see more articles and everything while you're trapped inside if you're in the colder weather. Exactly. For sure. Well, <laughs> there's a wind chill advisory in Florida, so it's cold everywhere. It's cold everywhere. So, yeah. yeah. It is cold Freezing everywhere. So 70 degrees or something. <laughs> no, no. Actually, tonight is supposed to get in the 20s. 
And that's Ugh. it's going to be record breaking cold in in Florida too. I brought it with me, but uh, yes. Hillary, thanks so much for coming on the show, and we look forward to next month. Okay, I'll talk to you guys later. Well, that is always my favorite segment. I always like to go back uh, to the magazine after Hillary's on, and, and we look at my magazine because it's just a great way to get some more information uh, in. So thanks for her for coming on the show. And uh, so, Philip, you and I are going to do and talk about the total saddle fit so- shoulder, shoulder relief, relief girth. girth. Yeah, well, we, we've <laughs> each had our, our girth for quite some time now. How's yours holding up? Love it. I love it. <laughs> I still use it on Denali. As we all know, Denali yeah. is the most perfectly spoiled child on the planet. And sensitive um, about his girth. He's been very sensitive about his girth. And actually, he's almost perfectly – he's almost perfect. Well, we know he's perfect, but yeah. – um, <laughs> With his, with girthing, I have a, a new young lady working with me in Florida, and she's he was a little girthy the other day, and she's like, oh, Denali was girthy. It's the first time we've seen it in like three months, so uh, really interesting. I don't know why that day he was a little girthy, but overall, it's made such – you almost couldn't girth him before our shoulder relief growth came, so yeah. it's really made a huge difference in his life. I love it. It's great. And mine, I mean, I use it all the time and, you know, like every day, but not so much – right now because of the weather <laughs> and all that stupid stuff but um you know it's b- very high quality the leather is awesome no no breaking no cracking no nope. it's been perfect you know the buckles yeah. it looks like you know when you shine it up looks new. clean it up it looks new so yeah i really like that about it because um you know it's, you really get your money's worth from the, it's not a super expensive girth and it's and it's holding up better than the expensive girth so I love yeah, it. Yeah, no, I love yeah. it. And in pretty much every girth we buy now is a, is only a shoulder relief girth. That's all we buy now. It really has changed, and and we really mean that. Uh, Philip and I, we talk about it all the time. So, Justin from Total Saddle Fit, we love it, and, we thank and him really very check much it out every t- all the time for our girths. And we uh, do <laughs> great product, great company. He's awesome to talk to. If you have saddle questions, you know, send him an email. Send us an email. We'll get him on again. You know, he did a bunch of um, saddle fit tips for us that we played in past episodes and uh for sure you know he's open to coming back on the show and answering more questions if anybody has them exactly so uh let us know totalsatafit.com and we're happy to help as well perfect perfect well reese i think we're going to get to a couple of uh we've had some facebook shout outs and things to get to so uh what do you think that's a good idea yeah let's do that you've got you've got them don't you yeah i got the stuff so uh the first one was from Gemma. Um, she wrote into the Horse Radio Network. She says she loves listening to the Dressage Radio Show on the mobile app uh, while at work or at the gym. But she's flown through the 26 episodes that are on the app. Um, I guess the, that's that's the most that the, the app holds. So if she wants to listen to more, she has to go to the website for all the... Di- you, can, you can listen to every single episode that... You know, I think today we're at 299. You can listen to them all. They're all on the website. Um, horseradionetwork.com and you can go through you know the dressage show and all the other the driving show jumping show you know there's lots to listen to lots of hours i know that glenn has all the stats about you know how many hours of tape or or recordings there are on the on the website so there's lots more than 26 episodes that you can listen to but you got to go on the internet and uh it's just not on the on the mobile app and I didn't know that. So i that's why i was like philip we need to read this one because uh, i didn't know that either so uh that that was that was excellent. So I hope that helps, Jenna, and we're glad you're listening. Yeah, perfect. And then we got a Facebook one. This is quite a, a long one from somebody from New Zealand, but it, we both thought this was interesting enough to uh, to read on the show. So uh, 
I guess I can go ahead and, and, and do that. Go for it. Yeah. All right. Um, this is a listener that really liked the recent interview interview with uh, Sun Lion Scores. We talked to them about, you know, a ranking, you know, they came up with a ranking system. Um, you know, this is a website that that has all the scores from everybody and, and they co- compounded them. And, and um, so this listener was uh, reminded of something that she encountered when she lived in New Zealand. Um, she was there for three years and had two kids and and managed to get showing in New Zealand as well. Uh, She says that they had a point system as part of their National Dressage Federation. It seemed to be aimed at keeping people from staying at the same level and winning over and over again. Something I can see being a problem in small island country with only 4 million people. She always thought it was interesting and could possibly be useful for the U.S. in this country, particularly with keeping 4th level horses from winning training level and 1st level championships. Each time you won or placed in class, you were assigned points that were based on number of people in the class or maybe your overall score, she can't remember. However, when you earned 100 points, you were booted up to the next level. You had to show on the next level. That's interesting. Um, If you bought a horse that was a schoolmaster, you can only show it down a certain number of levels, and I think it had fewer points to earn before being kicked up to the next level. I did hear a rumor that it was being discussed by the USDF. I don't. I haven't heard anything about that, but I haven't either. That seems like an interesting, interesting sort of idea. Um, there were also some other interesting things about showing in New Zealand. I think there are lots of people who go and show in Europe, but until you've actually shown a different country, all the little differences aren't something people talk about. A few of the interesting things, at least from from ten years ago, she writes, their judges don't seem to get paid. Entry fees were extremely reasonable. The shows I went to had had four to six chain chain rings set up on big grass areas that many communities seem to have available for competitions. You would also often see jumping competitions set up at these places. Most of the people use horse vans instead of instead of floats. They didn't put shavings in the horse area. When we arrived at the competitions, the first thing we did was boot the horses out, sweep out the manure, and keep the housekeeping inside the trailer. Everyone had chairs, coffee, and we'd go around and visit. <laughs> that sounds awesome. like fun, eh? Yeah. Kind of like um, tailgating. That's, yeah, The U.S. Exactly. is great at tailgating. I haven't seen it at a yes. U.S. show yet. We need to, get, we need to start this, Philip. <laughs> Horse show right. tailgating. I think I like the events are the, are the best. I think I have Yeah, they, I think they tailgate. Yeah. Apparently, one of the catchphrases, if you are selling a horse, that it's good to catch catch shoe and float so the first week i arrived i picked up a free publication that horses for sale and i thought the new zealanders had an unusual fascination with floating their horses teeth <laughs> anyhow some type of review on national difference differences might be interesting that would be cool hey yeah that would be really cool it, you know for that that shout out um very interesting on yeah. how it's different i I know, I know the different I things mean, in England, you know, they're very weird in England, so uh, <laughs> they have little habits and for sure different different sayings and things, you know, about what to do. But I think, um, you know, in the U.S. and Canada, what I've noticed the most from, you know, visiting other countries and stuff is that we're so, yeah, kind of anal about footing and stuff like this, right? I, I remember mm-hmm. in Europe, um, we were ah. showing, you know, top horses at national, not international, national shows you know, to be able to qualify for the national championships. And they, they were on grass. Yeah. And, like, 
You suggest that something you you suggest that to somebody here, and they would freak out. I would never put my you know I'd never ride my horse on grass or whatever for a competition. That's just ridiculous, you know. And everywhere else, it's really accepted. I know that's a big difference mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. North America and everywhere else. You know, we and, like and, we and like our footings saying. very perfect and and this and that. Yeah. But, uh, we're and, and what she's saying way. is like you know to take the horses off and put them in stabling. A lot of places don't have stabling. And and actually, my horses here are having to learn to kind of show out of the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> I have a nice big trailer. There's no reason they can't. The Aventures stay on the trailer all day. Yeah. Um, and, and down here, you know, stabling is, is more difficult. So you can go and haul in and show your couple horses and pop out. It's actually much more reasonable because yeah. not only are you not paying for stabling, but you're not paying for the shavings and the stabling and, and all of that stuff. So... Yeah, it's it's def it's definitely interesting. Even here versus showing in Kentucky, uh, in Kentucky we have some local shows that we show on grass um, that yeah. you pull up, but they're very very local. They're not, uh, you know, recognized shows, uh, but they're super fun. And and I think I think yeah, I think there's a lot to be said about that. That um, we definitely show a little bit differently in U.S. and Canada than than a lot of the rest of the world. Yeah, but it'd be great if, if somebody wants to write in. We can definitely we can call yeah. all around the world and do interviews, no problem. So, if you have some interesting things from from uh, you know from your own country and things that you think you'd like to talk about, we'll call you. You can come on the we'll show. We'll love it. We'll record yeah, it. Yeah, we'll It'll make be it awesome. happen. Be awesome <laughs> that sounds like fun. Other people's experiences and and stuff like that. We'd love to talk about that. That'd be fun. Exactly. Well, that was a great Facebook shout out. Thank you so much for sending that in. And everyone, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com. And my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. You can find me at philipparksequestrian.com and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a great show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. And Reese, we're off next week. It's para week. We are. It's para week. And uh, we can't wait to hear the show and hear what they're talking about. So we will see and talk to everybody in two weeks. And uh, everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back. And we'll talk to you next uh, two weeks. 